Hey everybody, welcome to the Cinema Nerd Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my good buddy Dylan Shore, who is a wild thing, if nothing else. Dylan, what is Wild yeah. Things? Wild Things is the 1998, uh, <laughs> what is it, like a sexy erotic thriller uh about right yeah it's an erotic thriller yeah definitely yeah uh no need to put sexy in front of erotic (laughs) (laughs) there's no need to exclude it either i think sexy erotic thriller has a ring to it (laughs) fair enough uh it stars kevin bacon nev campbell matt dillon denise richards bill murray fucking uh teresa russell robert wagner there's so many people in this movie uh you left out one important one though kevin bacon's dick yeah dude i found out was an accident actually oh interesting okay yeah matt dylan was just off of his mark slightly to the right not blocking him (laughs) and the director is like oh that's the take i want yeah, I get that because there's a shot earlier, one of the sex scenes, and there's some definite balls going on. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it, like when Teresa Russell, Denise Richards' mom, is having sex, you see that fucking yes, dude, that the pool boy sleeping with. Yeah. <laughs> you totally get balls. <laughs> pool boy balls on display. Pool, although sure. I think he might be like a a yacht worker, like he works <laughs> on the boat. He just jumps I'm, in the pool really more focused on the balls than his title um, yeah absolutely. <laughs> i whatever I, what i think it speaks to is just sort of like a looseness you know that we'll get back to uh that this movie has and so much more going for it before we do anything else you want to talk about what have you been watching friendo <laughs> i watched uh pieces of a woman the new vanessa kirby shia labeouf and Ellen Burstein film. Is Vanessa uh, as good as everybody says she is? Yeah, she, yeah. Everyone is great in this movie. Like, they each get their moment to shine. They really do. But Vanessa Kirby has way more. She's the star of the movie, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I won't say anymore. It's really worth a watch. Okay, cool. I'm really glad to see that she's got uh, something sort of percolating or bubbling through because she's real real talented and um that's mm-hmm. funny yeah what else uh you- and then rewatched in bruges with one of my buddy's friends who hadn't seen it and man what a perfect movie i love in bruges yeah i do too that that movie just it feels not like a warm hug but like a kind of a cold shoulder hug at a funeral that it's not hmm, exactly comforting but you know you need it yeah because it's genuinely like belly laughs like (laughs) it gives me belly laughs it's so funny and then it's also very dramatic like it, it blends comedy drama very well yeah i really respond to the especially by the end the the arc that uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell go on and, and where that ends up is you know it, it gets me yeah that's a pre- I mean I've definitely watched others but those were just like the two that were the best right on <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you 
Speaking of the best, uh, a first time watch for me was Hard Target. It's the first time I'd ever seen 1993's Hard Target. Okay. And how was that experience? That movie is perfect in every single way. (laughs) There's so much mullet. Van Damme's hair needs its own credit, (laughs) dude. It's so impressive. And I, I mean, I'm not going to say anything about Hard Target that has not been said, but it just fucking kicks so much ass. And it's John well, Woo. I mean, when like, have, yeah, when you have John Woo directing action, man, there's nothing like it, especially in his early film days. When it, it's got this, like, I don't know if it's the early 90s energy or if it's just those, those filmmakers that are so, they're filmmakers at their core. But it has a little bit of that kind of uh, Rodriguez, you know, um, El Mariachi grit to it. Yeah. I assume a lot of those shots, even some of the bigger action set pieces were not necessarily permitted. Like you, you get the sense that they're really running from uh, setup to setup with that production. That was his first American movie. It's got to be an early one if it's not his first one right it's either that or broken arrow i think you said hard targets 93 so it happened yeah this is before broken arrow yeah damn i i did just like uh yesterday or two days ago we were playing music and just like talking and fucking around the apartment fucking around the, just, <laughs> just messing around the apartment and i put on face off just as like a visual to have while we were listening to music yeah john woo classic um i mean (laughs) we'll get to face off yeah i'm surprised we haven't yet it's one it's like the golden goose or something you know what i mean there's a few of those titles that are just so so 90s that it feels like we got to save that one for 100th episode you know something like that (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there (laughs) All right, what else? Oh, um, I kind of went on a uh, John Candy spree, candy spree. Mm. Ooh, I like it. Mm. I love it. Oh my God, whenever someone has a fucking John Candy marathon, it's gotta be called a candy spree. (laughs) So I went on a candy spree and just the two that I'll talk about are ones that I remember really fondly from my childhood, Uncle Buck. Classic. Great outdoors. Classic. I love Uncle Buck. I do too. It's so good. John Candy's talent is on full display there. This that energy that he has of very vulnerable but very savvy. Mm -hmm. I I don't think we got to see enough of that as much as we got to see of him. Yeah. He's such a good dramatic actor. That scene in Uncle Buck when he's got the kids in the back seat, he's about to go into the fucking racetrack. I had and, him in the car. I, I uh, gotta be honest, I had him in the car. Oh, it's so good. Oh, so good. It's so good, man. I'm right there with you. I, I, my favorite one is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Like that's by far Candy's best performance anywhere like it it brings tears to my fucking eye every time i watch it and funny enough both john hughes movies and they both have a much longer cut that no one has ever seen besides um like the first draw of it when the studio was like 
too long. You got to cut this out. Planes, Trains, and Automobile was almost a three-hour movie. And if you read the script, the script is all there. And there's some really great dramatic stuff. And there's a scene that Steve Martin even talks about shooting for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles that is cut from the movie. But it's where Dell, uh, Candy's character, is kind of explaining to him why he does this. Like, he lives out of his car after his wife died. And around this time of the year he always particularly latches on to random people right. and he it just happened to be much harder this time because it was steve martin it's such a sweet scene it's so well written i would love to see that whole fucking movie fuck Zack snyder's cut of <laughs> justice league give me john hughes's version of planes trains and automobiles the hughes cut i demand even it. uncle buck too uncle buck was like a two and a half hour movie that's crazy. I mean, John Hughes is definitely one of those filmmakers who has a lot of heart. And when you're trying to make that kind of movie that's funny, but needs to express a lot of emotion, I think you need to write a lot to get to that. Yes. And that's not discrediting the films that they are. Like, they're perfect movies, how they are. We both love them. Like, there's no replacing them. But now that time has passed, fans who love those movies would love to see all that footage put it on a blu-ray disc and let people fucking watch it yeah i would love to see it i'm definitely interested in watching it for sure yeah everything you just said totally agree <laughs> i was less a fan of less a fan is not the right phrase i uh, found great outdoors like immediately after uncle buck to be a little bit of like a Oh, okay. Yeah. It's too uh, sticky. Like there's a lot of like, um, like it's one thing after the other. Uh, it. It's not the it, shtick that bothers me. It's the formula. It's just, it's very plotty in yeah. a way that the movie needs to be because it's about a summer. I don't know. Like it has to be kind of event based, but it feels yeah a little disconnected and the the fact that we what it, I, now that i'm really thinking it through the real problem is is that it lands on a big note that we don't really spend enough time with in terms of like the loan and what that means to the family mm -hmm. so that third act kind of gives us unnecessary stakes where if we'd been a little more Uncle Buck and that stuff was woven throughout the character throughout this thing, if it was a John Hughes movie, it would be a better movie. What? Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I like the, I do like the great outdoors, obviously, but I think why I like it the most is because John Candy is the straight man in it. He's the, and husband. that's the problem because that makes Dan Aykroyd the, the Daffy guy. Yeah. And I mean, but I like what John Candy's doing in it, though. Like, I don't think he's bad at what he's doing, but I guess, yeah, if the roles were reversed, it probably would have been a, um, I don't know, it probably would have been a funnier movie, actually. <laughs> it almost certainly would have been, actually. Oh, oh, of course it would have been. Are you kidding me with John Candy as the sleazy brother-in-law? Again, yeah. Uncle Buck style. Maybe that's why they didn't want to do it exactly that way. Or I, I guess I don't know exactly which order these movies came out. But Great Outdoors is eighty-eight, and I think Uncle Buck is eighty-nine. Right on. Well, okay. So 
John Candy can play the straight man, but he can also be the comic relief, obviously. Dan Aykroyd, for as much as he's a comedian, he's not the cut up. He's not the fast talker. He's not the slick man. He, his energy is much better as a straight man or at the most extreme sort of like sharp asshole. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. And, the, you know, anyways, so uh, John Candy rules. Um, glad we got to watch as much of him as we did. Wish we could have seen so much more absolutely what do you talk about one more okay i got one more since i'm on a roll i also watched milk money have you seen that one in a while have i seen milk i haven't watched it in a while that was one of my favorites as a kid dude i was like when i'm obviously 13 i'm gonna go to the fucking city and i'm gonna pay some fucking hooker that looks like melanie griffith to show me their tits (laughs) i was definitely the main character though who is like wants to be on the adventure but is too shy to like actually look at her tits when the moment comes and realizes no this is wrong i've crossed a line here i don't like what's happening and then what the fuck they're like hey come back to my house and meet my dad and fall in love with him it's so insane but yeah i'm sure it's not a good movie i haven't seen it in years but like i loved it a lot as a kid It worked for me even this time, you know, and there's a lot of movies that I watched as a kid that I, and I watched, I like you watch this movie a bunch as a kid, but Uh, I might have to rewatch this. (laughs) It had a charm for me. And I think it's mostly because a lot of the movie, once it, once we get into it, it's Ed Harris and Melanie Griffith acting against each other in this kind of rom-com thing. And that's great. Mm -hmm. If you pay too much attention to what's (laughs) actually happening in the movie. And then there's like the, the, sort of 80s holdover crime mob zany plot thing going on her pimp and stuff right come into the game uh, into the story yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. so maybe (laughs) nostalgia it's a very weird movie but there's a good act (laughs) you know an act of that movie that's really strong because of the performers doing what they're doing am i assuming this correct they go to the city within like the first five minutes of the movie right no it's a little you know the first act is them getting to the city the second act is her in the you know suburbs okay and really it's not till the like the very yeah at least the second half of the third act where we end up with the mob boss coming back and trying to like the you know the action climax of the moment gotcha yeah yeah but no, there's a little bit, I think one of the reasons I identified with it, at least as a kid, is because the first act really is with the kids. And like, mm-hmm. it's about them at school and their plans for this. And yeah. and that is my strongest memory of the movie is the whole kids plot of the story. Like, I do remember uh, Melanie Griffith coming to the suburbs and I do remember the pin coming in, but like the kids story is what I truly remember from it. Right. Yeah. So same i still liked it i found it comforting uh, i'm not gonna say it's a, a great movie but it's really it had a charm i dig it right on should we talk about another movie with a certain charm <laughs> absolutely where do we start with this thing well first i guess you just start with uh you're in miami right some florida swampy town and uh sam lombardo 
played my, by Matt Dillon, is a guidance counselor who gets accused of raping uh, uh, Denise Richards. Right. She accuses him. Yes. Let's, before we get too far into the plot of this thing, because I really want to talk <laughs> about the end of this movie, which is where which the watch. I don't know. The cut I watched was a uh, hour fifty-four, like just by two hours. I think that's like the unrated cut where, if you watch the theatrical version, in the credits there's uh, they even do it in the unrated cut too. But in the credits, there's a bunch of scenes that show right. you how they set up the whole plot. Right. The unrated version is a they're different scenes that aren't in the movie. Okay, like they, so they chose some and chose not to do some. Okay, let's start at the end. Okay, so um, Susie, Sam Lombardo, Sergeant Ray Duquette, Kelly Van Ryan, and uh, uh, yeah, Kelly is Denise Richards. Uh, They are all in on this plan together. Right, to defraud Denise Richards' mother of $8 million dollars through these false claims, right? And the yes. movie is essentially us having a very sexy time watching the machinations of, of this unfold, essentially, right? And for the first half of it, it really has me. Like it, in, in a way where I'm just like, oh my God, where are they? yeah, there's another hour of this movie. Where are we gonna take this thing? <laughs> and then by the like, 12th double cross I'm a little kind of out of the thing because so much of the plot is missing and so much of the intrigue along with it and the solution that they've arrived at is we'll just explain the story post credits and so for a movie that's really interested in the machinations of like how people (laughs) how people behave I don't. I think what they give you, what they give you in the end on the yacht, when it's just Matt Dillon and Kevin Bacon, you at that moment you think that Nev Campbell, Susie's character, is dead. They stage her whole murder earlier in the film, right? And Kevin Bacon has killed Denise Richards, Kelly Van Ryan, and. Uh, made it look like she tried to shoot him in the arm. Right. And Matt Dillon is mad about that because Kelly Van Ryan was like his girl. That was his chick. And she wasn't supposed to die. So now Matt Dillon tries to kill Kevin Bacon, eventually does. There's a slight struggle. But then you realize Susie, Nev Campbell, is still alive. She saved the day. She's the one who kills Kevin Bacon. Yes, not actually Dylan who kills Kevin Bacon with the fucking harpoon gun. Yeah, she pops up out of uh, after these. Yeah, whatever. I find it to be all very. Susie is the mastermind of everything because she had her own secret agenda against Kevin Bacon because he killed her best friend like a year prior to that because he was an alcoholic that would come down to the trailer park in the glades and the bar that's there and he murdered her friend davy one night 
and then covered it up and got away with it. And so that starts the actual story for Nev Campbell plotting this fucking series of events. And all of this is revealed to us by bill murray who gives her the briefcase essentially no 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 no. it's revealed to us by the uh fellow trailer park oh oh yeah yeah yeah. yes correct correct i like that scene a lot actually i don't know why it's really eerie i want to like it and i am mostly on board for it but like i said it just is there's way the structure problems really keep me away from the last half of this movie. I and totally by the time all that stuff happens. I'm just like, yeah, we, okay. So now explain yourself or what? Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just give me way less and let them keep fucking and killing each other. That's great. I love that stuff. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that is wild things. I guess we said it. We pretty much gave the whole plot. There you go. That's the movie, guys. That's the movie. Um, <laughs> here's some high points for me because I did not know that I. This was the first time view for me, I should say. So I didn't catch up with this one in the '90s. I don't have a relationship with this movie. This is literally the very first time I ever saw this film. Although I am aware of it by reputation. Um, is certainly being popular amongst our generation. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I definitely have some stories about <laughs> yes. seeing this movie. I'm sure we all do. Um, there, I so I had no idea Bill Murray showed up. So when his name popped up in the credits, I was just like, yes, very excited. And he does not disappoint. He's no, real. he's only in it like 20 minutes, but it's fucking great. But in the courtroom, when he's telling him to like, okay, now stand up. Okay, now stand yeah. up. <laughs> Did you see the extra, there in one of the courtroom scenes, they are panning down the rows and there is an extra that is sitting with his arms up on the, the row. And when the camera gets to his hand, he does this. No, no, I missed that. That's rad. I love a little fun extra work. (laughs) Just giving the camera a slight thumbs up. (laughs) Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Interesting. It's not. I just was wondering if that was post the audible cut, but still with the tail roll from the camera unit. Mm. Because otherwise, what are you doing, background? Good point. Good point. Uh, So for me, this movie, I remember seeing another movie in theaters and sneaking into this one. And I didn't stay for the whole thing. I just wanted to see like some scenes of it. Which scenes, Dylan? None of the good ones, my friend. (laughs) Uh, um, No, it was uh, actually like like a, it was the interrogation scene in the beginning like uh kelly is giving her speech to the camera for kevin bacon uh but then when it came to rent on vhs i remember like having like a stack full of movies i had five of them and my mom did not want me to really see that movie obviously for good reasons it's a very sexual movie for being (laughs) a third grader to watch 
but uh, I had it at the bottom of That's incredible. Your parents let you watch fucking anything, man. That's wild. Yeah, and my mom caught me watching, and she's like, whatever. (laughs) All right, good for you. Yeah, I remember uh, I rented Boogie Nights with my parents, uh, with my mom and my sister, and but I had another movie that I wanted to watch first. So I watched that in my room and my mom and my sister watched Boogie Nights out in the living room. And I remember coming out and seeing like the last 25, 30 minutes of Boogie Nights and- The really dark shit. Yeah, the really dark shit. And my mom's like, wow, this movie's fucking crazy. And it gets to like the tit shot, like uh, John C. Riley's like a fucking magician and a naked girl pops out. I was like, whoa. And my mom's like, uh, you should probably go in your room. I was like, the movie's got to be almost over. She's like, yeah, you're right. The movie is actually almost over. And we're sitting <laughs> there and then the cock comes out and she's like, oh my God, Dylan, I don't think you should watch this. And I was like, <laughs> bummer, that's okay. Next day, walked home from school, popped it in before she got home. <laughs> <laughs> you're a cinema rebel. I mean, the cock's already out of the jeans at that point. You yep, might as well. Yeah, the movie at that point. yeah well i mean not really a lot of disturbing themes my for what it's worth uh because it was a hippie background we were the much more comfortable with sex than violence right as a community Uh so i remember like watching (laughs) movies with the you know the group and they're every so often being like, oh man, that's a tit, you know, but the violent stuff they never let us hang out for. So wild things probably would have been a big no-no because it's violence and sex. Like you, you put those hands together and you just break a poor boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. This movie uh, is very directed. It is, and it's the only it's the only film from this director that I've seen. He has a lot of like B grade movies. Okay, let's this talk. is this is that, but it's done at like a high level with really good actors. And I think they're mostly doing a really good job with it. My yeah. one my one holdout is I think Dylan flops for me. Really. Yeah, I don't, I, I find him just a is little... It the same stature the whole time, like the same kind of cool guy? It's not even that. It's, um, again, this is going like inside baseball and dumb technical. It's that I can see him trying to hit his marks. You know, I, I just never feel like he's reacting to his scene partners. I think he's just trying to get through the scene. Huh. Um, Everybody else is really pretty toned up. I found Nev Campbell like I like that like gothic look on her. That's like great. And through the first half of it, my feeling was like, oh, she's leaning a little hard on this shaky, uncertain voice thing. And then we get the reveal, and you kind of figure out which movie you're watching that it is this punchy B movie. You're like, oh no, she's. She knows exactly, you know, where she's at. She's right at home. I thought she was yeah. really excellent. And even Denise Richards is, I mean, either in the performance of a lifetime or perfect casting, but she's really great in Starship Troopers also for similar <laughs> reasons, you know, just like giving a Barbie performance. It's fucking great. 
Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know what? She's actually a made in the nineties alum now too. Cause we just watched her in drop dead gorgeous, which she's also fantastic in yep, Am I a Denise Richards fan. She has a couple of good movies in the nineties. And then like, I guess if you, I don't mind this one, but her bond movie, the world is not enough. Yay. What is her name in it? Something Christmas, right? Christmas Jones, right? Christmas Jones. That's what it is. She's a Christmas. <laughs> uh, so Kevin Bacon said that when he read this script, he, his direct quote is, this is the trashiest thing I've ever read. <laughs> but every few pages, there was another surprise. <laughs> it, it really is propulsive that way for the first, again, uh, it's propulsive that way the whole time. It Like every three minutes, it turns, it turns, yeah. it turns, but there's so much turning that it's kind of hard to land all of that into a cogent story. Like how, I think there's, I don't know, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind came into my head just now because we watched recently on filmography where we're watching a lot of unreliable narrator stuff and trying to unpack the, the court stuff. I also, speaking of that, I just watched A Few Good Men, which has really different stuff at its core, but also is like interested in the machinations of people keeping secrets and how we mm-hmm. reveal yeah, yeah, yeah. those to each other and to the audience. Yeah. A Few Good Men's not really the unreliable narrator, just no. you are getting multiple points of views and stories and uh, some lies from these soldiers because they don't want to get in trouble. Right. Yeah, true, true. Um, so whatever, I can point at movies and stories, you know, that do that better. That's not really fair. This is not that. I just think that it. this movie does that poorly, particularly like aggressively poorly and just sort of like an information dump at the at post credits is really- I I'd like that. I like that for some reason. There's never been a movie that's done that, in my opinion. I don't think so either. It's a crazy that's why, that, It's a crazy choice to do. Yeah, but if you were to do it, this is the type of movie you do it for. Like, th- there's such small scenes they do in the credits. It's like Nev Campbell going to Kevin, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, going to Matt Dillon and throwing him the photos of him fucking Kelly and being like, okay, are you going to get in on this plan with us or not? Like, it's just little scenes setting up the whole movie that I think- No, I disagree. I I think they're not little scenes. I think it's the entire connective tissue. You're sort of saying it's like, forgive me, but I I feel like the comparison you're drawing is sort of like the hangover where we get to fill in some of those details with the still. Yeah, with how they do it with the pictures. Yeah. That's, but that's different because the hangover, the whole thing is about the extreme extremity of, uh, and maybe this movie is that, right? It I is. Just, I just, <laughs> okay, maybe it is. And maybe I just wasn't willing or was I think you might've just been thrown off with how they wrapped it up. Like you weren't expecting like for how many twists there were, you were probably expecting to get the full story in the actual movie and not just, if they hadn't had shown those scenes in the credits, would you have liked the movie? Like, it, would it have given you enough information? To- yeah. Oh yeah, it's a way better movie without that stuff. 
way better because at that point it is punching above its weight as like almost a, a satire, you know, like it's a, a, a B movie, a cheesy clippy don't focus too much on the details. We're just showing tits and ass here mm -hmm. movie. And I applaud it for being that the fact that it falters at the end and then wants to sell us on this mystery, but sell out the mystery. I just is, I don't, for me, it doesn't work at all. I wonder how the script is written. If it's written with those scenes in the credits in the movie somehow. I have to assume it's written as like a, a like an explanation dump at the end. Like this is what happened. Blah, 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 blah. And then you cut back to them on the yacht and then Susie kills Matt Dillon. You're like, oh, I get it. That's all set up now. Like everything's fulfilled. I, I don't know. If, I honestly don't know. Because there's pitch and fixes at this point. I'm taking a brief look here. It's hard to see. Um, but I would like it if Nev Campbell is, instead of being in the last half of the third act of this movie, is in the last scene of this movie. Which she technically is. No, no, but only the last scene, <laughs> right? So like, here again, here's a pitch. And where I was really excited towards the end of this thing is like, oh man, I love that uh, these dudes are going to kill each other on this boat and nobody gets the money. That's really satisfying. And then you can have that ending. And if you still studio filmmaker aren't, sorry, not filmmaker, but studio aren't confident enough in that ending, which is fucking awesome. You can tack on Nev Campbell and Bill Murray having drinks or whatever and signing the checks at that point. Well, you got to have Susie kill Matt Dillon. Why? So that you know he's not a loose end. Like... Because no, they can still, they can kill each other. Dylan and Bacon can kill each other. Oh, oh, gotcha. Take out two with one stone right there. Yeah. The boat and then can blow the up. The yacht just sails off. Yeah. No, exactly. They both knock each other off into the ocean and the yacht just sails off. Right. And then we fade to black, thinking we're getting the credits, but before the credit, or we can even do the credits then at that point, And then we get Nev Campbell and the information dump and Bill Murray, you know what I mean? And we're kind of like weaving in and out. The, that Bill Murray scene with the money is in the credits. It's Isn't not it? a part of the actual movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, Isn't it? No, I think it's the end of the movie. Is it? Okay. I believe because so. Because then it cuts to her on the yacht, driving the yacht, and it's like a big helicopter shot. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right. Um. Uh, so here's a weird little piece of trivia. Mm -hmm. Before the filming of an outdoor scene by the river, a gaffer was fixing the lights and noticed something floating by in the river. It was a dead body. Jesus the police Christ. were called. Yeah, the police were called. And when the police arrived, they found that the crew had anchored the body to the dock out of sight of camera and then removed it after the shot. That's Hollywood, baby. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking, you're the gaffer that has to tie up a fucking dead body to a dock? It wasn't, what? It wasn't a gaffer, dude. The ga they told the gaffer to do that, and the gaffer said, get some PA. Get the PA on that, yeah. Get the PA to do that shit. <laughs> I'll give him the fucking rope. And they, exactly. And you know what? 
They didn't even tie it to the dock. They just crouched there and held that dead body until oh. they were cut. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> that's fucking crazy, but it's like perfect for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's true. Speaking of perfect for this movie, I love this soundtrack. Uh, George C. Clinton, dude, I have this soundtrack. The this good one. This... Of this movie, dude, is so good. There are a couple of George S. Clinton scores. George that... S. Clinton, sorry, not George yeah. C. Clinton. Yeah, but he has just enough groove that I have to look him up and make sure that it's not George, not George. Clinton. <laughs> and when you look him up, you will be assured that that face staring back at you is not George Clinton. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Nope. But damn, he can score a movie. I really like it. And so the score is really incredible. The soundtrack is- One of my favorite things for the movie. It's good. It's good. Um, and I'll, I'll circle back to that in just a second. But the soundtrack has- um... Smash Mouth. <laughs> And there, that moment was jarring for me because it's, it's very jarring. It's like crazy why he cuts it in so hard. Because I guess they were fighting after that moment too. The Denise oh, Richards and they're listening in the Jeep. The only reason they're just like cruising up, blasting Smash Mouth. Yeah, but and then you, they turn off the radio. But it's, if you think of the scene before, it's. Kelly uh, and Ryan and Nev Campbell like hating each other and like flipping each other off and then it's a hard cut to why can't we be friends <laughs> another super on the nose music cue that I just delighted in is when they're actually washing the jeep and the what is the lyrics of the song I have no like, idea what song that is that is that's a bad song i don't like that song <laughs> oh no it's not a good song but the fact that the lyrics are like i want i know what i want and i want to want it i want so much wanting with my desire <laughs> oh i got it i know what i want da, 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 da. that's it it's uh <laughs> wow you know what is a legit rocking song though is the one that's playing when we the cot when Kevin Bacon ends up in Nev Campbell's room with the partner, right? For the first time they interview her, and it's I'm not an addict. Is that I want to say it's Kay's choice. Let me check my 90s thread here. Uh <clears throat> apparently Robert Downey Jr. was originally cast as Sam Lombardo. Um, we'll get back to that, but the song is in fact I'm not an addict by Kay's choice. Can you play a piece of it real quick? Yeah, let's Just see. a little piece. Let's see what we got here. Your video oh, no. <laughs> That's not it. That's not it. Don't listen to that. Do you guys remember? <laughs> yeah. All right, we don't have to do much more of that. It is so sexual in everything this movie does. Thoroughly an erotic thriller. So I want to talk about it in those terms. Is this the last erotic thriller, do you think? I mean, it can't be, right? But No, Brian De Palma still masters the erotic thriller every now and again. He did that one uh, 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 one with uh, Numi Rapace, I believe, from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Sure. Um, Perfect Strangers or something like that. 
Okay. Um, Side Effects was kind of an erotic thriller. But no, they're not. They're different. They're, I don't know. They, they, I don't know. They're, they're, uh, I didn't really like those ones. But this one also has a, a feel to it for me that I love. I don't know what it is. I really think it's the soundtrack. I really love the score. The score is doing a lot of work. And I think the direction is really good. Um, I, I do think the direction is doing a lot of work also. Um, there's like the early sequence when we're going through the school, they, he does the Birdman cut, you know? He dives into somebody's shirt uh-huh. They walk through a door and then we pull back and we're in the auditorium mm-hmm. in 1998. Yep. Thank you very much, McNaughty. Is that yeah, really I the guy's that. name? McNaughton, sorry. McNaughty. <laughs> I'm just all horned up because of this thing. My God. Uh, I do love the opening credits, like going from the glades mm-hmm. to the suburbs to the trashy part of town to the high school. And then you come into the high school and you start your story. I like that. that I was, do too. It's a good opening. No, it's moody. It, it definitely has a tone. It's got that sort of like, um, what is there a like bio, bio noir? Those sort of like Burt Reynolds detective movies. Those are more action movies for sure. Like White Lightning and. <laughs> yeah, Terror. that's not. I guess I'm really thinking more like in the heat of the night kind of stuff. But yeah. That's yeah. Not, like there's a. One of my favorite erotic thrillers is Brian De Palma's Body Double. That's from the 80s, I think. Maybe early 90s. I mean, that kind of serves my point. Is like, if you go back through the ages, you can pull out some titles that are big movies, respected movies, released in theaters, and then a lot of like Cinemax stuff as well. But there's just, I mean, I guess that's all of it. I'm looking over some lists right now and I'm not going to bother calling out titles but there's a a funnel a definite like siphon yeah. where they're just yeah, not making movies anymore man yeah it, it goes from like here in 2018 this one list that i'm looking at only has three titles listed none of which you've heard of versus 1992 there's i don't know there's about 40 titles here again just kind of perusing um angel heart is kind of an erotic thriller a little bit like it's got the sexy sensual scenes Mm. um oh 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 i never really thought of that as a erotic thriller but it is knock knock eli roth's film from a few years ago with keanu reeves sure yeah like it's it's a campy b movie but it is erotic as fuck there's some fucking great sex scenes in that movie i mean you know, what just popped in my head was Neon Demon, but that movie's not so erotic as it is lustful, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's very sensual. Yeah, that's that's the word, yeah. Eyes Wide Shut isn't not fully an erotic thriller, but it's, yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't call that an erotic thriller. I wouldn't call it a thriller necessarily. I just, you know, yeah. it's a drama. Or an um, erotic drama, maybe. Sure, but even that, that's one year after this, 20 yeah. years ago. Oh, what's the one with um diane lane unfaithful (laughs) and richard gear do you remember that movie no that it's from 2002 that oh dude diane lane is gorgeous 
I loved this movie. I mean, isn't she though? I think she was nominated for this movie, wasn't she? Nominated for a Golden Globe and an Academy Award for Best Actress. Go Diane Lane. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, this movie is fucking sexy. All right, well, I'm off to watch some erotic thrillers by myself. <laughs> uh, well, we might as well talk about the threesome scene real quick. Um, okay, wait, so let's talk about it. Because like I said, this was not um, a movie that I grew up with the way that so many boys of our generation grew up with. So I was excited to see it. Like, oh shit, yeah, this is the, the threesome scene. And it's hot. I mean, like I said, it's this is a we've been talking about. It's a steamy movie. It, don't get me wrong, but I it's just like literally decades of expectations. Where I was like, oh, they they're just kind of like yeah, it could have been dirtier. Oh, it definitely could have been dirtier. It, yeah, it, it's more like sexual, like versus like the physical act of fucking. Like it's the foreplay of getting the underwear down and taking off the clothes and like kissing on the body and. Sure. Really- champagne over your body and you <laughs> the away is, you is one step too far for me maybe now now we're in like a rap video i guess but it's the 90s <laughs> that's what we're doing nominated for 1999 mtv's best kiss that three-way kiss yeah how did it did it not win what i don't think it won i think it lost to uh shakespeare kissed madonna what it lost to Shakespeare in Love. Fuck that movie for all of the Oscars and awards that it won instead of so many more deserving things. Definitely a good movie, but did not deserve all those fucking awards. As a... As a... I like it. I think it's funny. Yeah, fair enough. No, it is. It's it's quite entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't have much else. I really, so high level, <laughs> enjoy the hell out of this film. I would probably throw it on again just because it is like punchy and entertaining the whole way. Like, all right, we're we're on a ride here. Something's happening. Oh, I'm so happy you actually liked it though. That I really do. I like I'm I've been critical of it, but I really liked it. No, I totally enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I would recommend it to people. It's a good All right. All right. That's uh, how you make my heart sing.